This is the Business Storytelling Podcast with Christoph Trapp, available on Google, Spotify, Apple, Pandora, and other podcast channels. Want to play it on your iPhone? Just ask Siri to play the Christoph Trapp Business Storytelling Podcast, also available on Alexa. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Hey, business storytellers, I'm Christoph Trapp, your host and author of Content Performance Culture. See Trapp on Twitter if you want to connect with me there. Uh, thanks for listening to another live stream. We're live, Periscope, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn. I think that's it for today. And then, of course, the podcast episode will launch at some point here on um, the 19 podcast channel. There's actually a new podcast channel um, that I saw earlier today. Don't remember the name now, Podcast Index. I think so. My it's already on there. If you like that channel, um, if you like that distribution network, uh, give it a try. Give it a whirl. See what you like. I don't know what the differentiator is, but it's definitely a new system. The other podcasting news I saw today is Spotify bought Megaphone. Now I don't use Megaphone, but um, Spotify certainly is making a play um, in the podcast field. We are using Anchor to distribute this podcast to all the different channels. And um, Anchor also is owned by Spotify. So very interesting, very excited to see where this whole Spotify universe will go. But today's topic, let's get to the point here, Christoph. We want to talk about the entrepreneurial spirit, especially when it comes for women. And uh, I should tell you, I'm I'm proud of myself how I said entrepreneurial correctly. Finally, I grew up in Germany and that is a Very, very difficult word to say. But today's expert, Charlene Walters, uh, will bring her on on the show here and jump right in. Charlene, how's it going today? It's going great. Thanks so much for having me, Christoph. I'm so happy to be here. Awesome. And of course, in the show notes, we have links to your books on the topic. And of course, on the screen here as well, ownyourother.com. What's the story behind that name? Own your others. So a little bit about my background. I had two children and back to back, two years back to back. And uh, I had a husband who was a pilot and he passed away unexpectedly when the children were two and four. So I was sort of left to regroup and I ended up in this situation that wasn't necessarily what I wanted, obviously, or what I had planned for. And I was sad and grieving. And own your other is just that idea that I was kind of combating my situation. And it wasn't until I really embraced it that I began to own it and be able to move forward on a new path. So own your other is just embracing any situation where you place or you don't feel like everyone else, but just doing the best you can and owning it. I, I, I love that. And what's interesting about that too is some people like myself, something happens, we, you know, we just move forward. What's the next thing? What's the next goal? And sometimes even when everything is going well, that kind of can backfire because people say, hey, let's celebrate for half a second, right? Let's um, not just go after the next goal. Um, but certainly, especially as 2020 is in full swing here, with, I mean, crap happening right and left. It's unbelievable. Yeah. All the things are happening, you know, really important to do that. So you, of course, wrote the book, um, Launch Your Inner Entrepreneur, 10 Mindset Shifts for Women to Take Action, Unleash Creativity, and Achieve Financial Success. Uh, let's talk about that. Why, um, 
why did you write the book? Why is it important, especially to women? And, and why did you focus on women? Why, why is that a, um, the focus? So there are some areas that women have more trouble with than men when it comes to business ownership. For example, women are less likely to trumpet their accomplishments, right? And they need to do that as the head of a business. Also, women sometimes struggle a little more with money mindset. They don't feel as confident all of the time with money as men. So they sort of have to work on gaining that confidence overall. There's been some interesting studies where women and men who went and applied for positions, women would apply only when they had 100% of the qualifications versus men who would apply when they had 60% of the qualifications. So there's a little bit of a discrepancy with the confidence gap and just helping women get the support they need to change their way of thinking because that's really what it takes for women to be successful as entrepreneurs. Being resilient, of course, we all need that, particularly now, Christoph, as you said, with 2020 and everything that it's thrown at us. Yeah, 2020 has been a mess. And I, I've heard that 60% um, and 100% uh, before. I think it was somebody from LinkedIn was talking at Content Marketing World. And I, I'm, I'll be totally honest. I think f for some guys, it's a lot lower than 60%. I think we're trying to be nice here. I mean, I know people, and me, maybe even myself, I've applied to jobs. So I'm like, yeah, it's kind of a stretch, <laughs> but why not send it in? Um, so why is that? I mean, talk. I mean, so I just kind of do it, right? I just ship it. And if they say no, I'll, you know, um, delete the, the letter they send you, if they even send you a letter. Um, why is there such a big gap for women? Women, women are sort of brought up to want to be perfect, right? To be seen as perfect. So they're trying to go for those things that they know that they can get. They're a little bit more afraid of rejection. They're not putting themselves out there as much. And I have a blog and I invited some women on, some inspirational women to come on and I interviewed them as guests. And it was so interesting to me because I was doing that for a while. And I had men approaching me to get on the blog, <laughs> more so than women, which I thought was hysterical. So I think Men are just more naturally trained to put themselves out there. And women feel, and they're brought up to feel, maybe that's a little bit more bragging, right? And that's why sometimes we see, even in corporate America, women are not getting as many opportunities because they're not shouting out about their accomplishments. And when you're an entrepreneur, you need to do that. You need to put yourself out there. I'm currently accepting requests for future virtual and on-site keynotes and workshops. In 2020 alone, I've spoken in Singapore and Istanbul, virtually of course, thanks COVID. I can't wait to get back on the road. And if we still can't get on the road in 2021, I would be happy to speak at your event virtually. Please reach out to me, ctrap at gmail.com or authenticstorytelling.net. Of course, there's a fine line too between bragging nonstop and offering value. I mean, I, I like to believe I don't have any problem putting myself out there most days. Uh, as you can see, I usually don't have bad hair days of any kind, um, you know, even when I let it grow wild for a little while. On the podcast channels, guys, I'm bald in case you haven't looked at my picture in a while. Um, but nobody wants to listen to people just bragging. But I, I like to think, you know, we're just talking. We're just sharing knowledge. We're we're having a conversation and some people 
um, like us and some people don't like me. You know, they don't like my accent. They don't like how I talk. They don't like how I ask a question. And, and uh, that's okay. But that took a while for me to get used to, uh, to understand that not everybody loves me. Yeah, I mean, that's something we all have to grapple with. And the more that you get, put yourself out there, the more likely you're going to get some shade back, right? Someone who doesn't like you and you can't, not everyone's going to like you. And you just have to get comfortable with that. And often the more sort of haters you have, the more it's a sign that you're actually very successful. So as long as you're providing valuable content and positioning yourself in a way to help people, I don't think you can go wrong. So Amanda Milligan here on LinkedIn, um, Charlene, she chimes in. Amanda, of course, is the marketing director at Fractal and has the Cashing In on Content Marketing podcast. Really great show. Uh, they just published an episode today with Michelle Nagomi, who was on this show a little while ago. And she said, yes, every time I've applied for a job, I'm always nervous. If there's even, get this, one requirement on the list that I don't meet, one it's amazing. And I felt that way many times too. So it's definitely something that we need to overcome. And when you're jumping in to launch a business, that's something you've never done before. You can see where women would struggle a bit more than men. So I think back on my own career and I had a point where I jumped into higher ed where I had no experience. And it was right after I got my MBA and the the job requirements said must have an MBA, but I didn't maybe five years experience of higher ed and I didn't have it. And I actually decided to go for it thinking I would have no chance. And I ended up getting that position. So the more we put ourselves out there, obviously the more it pays off for us in the long run. Absolutely. And I don't have an MBA. And I, uh, by the way, guys currently looking for project work and uh, full-time roles too. If you're open to it, uh, if you have any authentic storytelling.net and I apply to jobs all the time that say require an MBA I know Indeed, and I don't have one, I know Indeed filters me out, um, but that doesn't, even that doesn't stop me from applying for them. Uh, Charlene, when you, go ahead. That's smart to go after those those positions no matter what, because chances are they won't have the ideal candidate in every single category. So it's a good best practice. And that's kind of what people have to remember, right? Like when people throw out a job description, that's like their dream candidate. And, yes. you know, I, I like to every once in a while when I work with a team member and they're writing a job description and I say, who do you know that can actually do that job? And if they've been in the field for 10, 20 years and they don't know a single person, they're probably dreaming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes those <laughs> job descriptions can be intimidating. But if you think about the own job, your own jobs you've had and you listed everything out, it would sound amazing and overwhelming, too. So it's all how you look at it, your perspective. It's all how you look at it. So when you talk about the entrepreneurial spirit, um, what does that mean? I mean, I know you hinted at starting a business, but is it, uh, what's the definition? And is it only, uh, does it only apply starting a business or does it also apply working at a company and uh, as apply, an employee? It can definitely apply to both. I like to tell people that no matter what, they should have an entrepreneurial attitude. They should launch their inner entrepreneur because you'll be successful no matter what you do. Many companies would love to have employees who thought like the owner, right? They would make decisions that way. So really, the entrepreneurial spirit involves creating your mindset, just shifting it so that you're able to take action, because that's the first big step, right, is putting yourself out there. I read another study where women, their biggest fears when it relates to money is living paycheck to paycheck, but because many of them are doing that. 
So making that jump into becoming an entrepreneur requires you giving up that steady paycheck. So it's about embracing risk taking, obviously, and changing your mindset so that you're able to deal with failure because you'll fail multiple times. And as we talked about with women in perfection, you've got to be able to get back up and try again because you're going to fail a lot and you need to have that patience and that resilience to keep pushing your business and your goals forward. out now and drop us a message at ctrap at gmail.com. Scott Luton is um, chiming in here on LinkedIn, Charlene. Scott, of course, uh, an expert in the, um, what do you call it again, supply chain industry. And he says, uh, you got to be you, can't make everyone happy or you won't get anywhere. Uh, great yeah. conversation. Uh, thank you, Scott, for the shout out. And thanks for adding your comment. Yes, thank you. And that's the thing. You have to be authentic no matter what you are. Work on your own personal brand and USP. And everyone's different. You know, some people are better at people. Some people are better at technology. Whatever it is that makes you unique, use that and use it to build yourself, your business, your brand, because we all have one and we can't be everything, right? Obviously, but we can only focus on those areas that are important to us that we value and hope that we will resonate with certain people. Absolutely. And of course, I mean, that's, that's the whole model of who is my persona, who is my customer profile that I'm trying to go after. Uh, if people who I'm not even trying to connect with don't like me, why do I care? Why does it make any right. difference? You know, so but but that takes some getting used to because we're so trained to want to be liked. And every time, you know, somebody says anything negative, um, you know, uh, that our whole the rest of the day is shot. Right. Because of a 10 second or 12 second uh, interaction. Yeah. And we have to get used to dealing with that. You know, the best thing we can do when we encounter someone that doesn't like us or is giving us a negative feedback of any sort is kind of distance ourselves a little, try to remain calm mm -hmm. and look at it from the perspective of what can we learn from this? They said they didn't like X, Y, Z about me or my business. What can I take from that to make myself better? And how can I respond very positively and try to win them over in some cases? You can obviously win over everybody, but sometimes you can win over some people. Maybe they've misunderstood something you said, or maybe they just don't understand where you're coming from or your perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes, you know, we're not perfect. I mean, I just had my book, for example, uh, has mostly positive reviews, but one person uh, gave it a one-star review because she didn't, I think it was a woman, didn't like the formatting. And I would say, yeah, kind of agree, uh, <laughs> honestly, you know, and, and that happened because I wrote it in Google Drive uh, and I didn't okay. even have a computer at the time. And I, I really honestly don't know how to fix it. Um, but yeah, I hear you, uh, even though she's probably in my target audience. Um, how, how do you even get started? So like, I would like to think sometimes, uh, being entrepreneurial, trying new things. I mean, think about the, the, the podcast guys, you know, now we're live streaming it, then we're putting it on the podcast channels and we write about it. I mean, I would think that's an entrepreneurial workflow and I didn't start that way. It, it kind of comes relatively natural. Um, so does it have to come natural or how do you get started to, to yeah. have that spirit? 
I, I think that the best thing you can do really is starting as a side hustle. That way you're working on your business planning, you're working on your goals, you're working on getting everything set up and gaining traction before you actually jump into it. And I always like to recommend, you know, starting on those areas that generate revenue, but really it's about taking that initial action and then really making goals. Where do you want to be? How are you going to get there? Breaking it down into the micro steps that it will take to make it happen. And it's often, you know, challenging to find the time. However, if there's a will, there's a way. And starting as a side hustle is a great way to launch a business. It is. And I've done that before. It, it's just it's a very fine balancing act, right? Because when I did Eastern Iowa News uh, back in about 20, 2009, I guess, um, and it you know, penetrated about a fourth of the market in nine months. But for those nine months, I basically worked two, two jobs, yes. you know, and <laughs> I mean, it, it, was, it was something. So how do you find that balance and how long do you have to give it? I know in marketing, we always talk about, well, you don't see the result today. You know, it's, it's going to take a little bit of time. How do you... Like, how long do you give it and what's the right balance if you start as a side hustle? Yeah, so obviously you will be working two jobs for a long time and you'll be working nights, you'll be working weekends. And for women particularly and for men, it's about finding that balance and right. So we have so many different obligations. And I think some mistakes that people make are that they try to take on too much at once, right? So it's try to streamline what you're actually doing and those things that are actually going to bring you customers and get going. And usually it's several years. I mean, the point to break off, if you, some people may never break off, they're fine with their sub side hustle and that's okay. But the time to do that is when you have enough, enough traction where you feel comfortable and confident enough to move forward and do it first time. And really that has a lot to do with the revenue you're bringing in. And I, and I also found that doing things that help everything I do, um, you know, that's another way to do it. And then the other thing is I'm very motivated by learning new things. So when I first started this podcast, the Business Storytelling Podcast, I literally just started it because I wanted to learn how to run a podcast. How do I distribute it? How do I do it? And the first few episodes, I just listened to them. I have not deleted them. I'm not going to because now they're all numbered. So then the numbering would be off. But <laughs> they are horrible. They are horrible. It's like, I'm like, what am I even talking about? What does it have to do with anything? But today we have, you know, 90,000 downloads, uh, guests like you, Seth Goat, and other people are on here. Uh, I mean, it's like, so it just kind of started up, right, from, uh, you know, something I wanted to learn so how important is that to make sure you enjoy it? I mean, if you don't enjoy it, good luck keeping it up, right? Yes. Passion is definitely a huge part of the entrepreneurial spirit. You have to sell that business. You have to sell your concept. You have to sell yourself all the time, your front and center. So if you're not passionate about it, no one else will believe in you. No one else will believe in your business, and it's not going to work. So you have to go for things that you enjoy. You have to learn constantly. I applaud you for learning more things. I also am the same. I'm similarly motivated. And I think your first couple of podcasts probably aren't as bad as you think they are. <laughs> we tend to be our own worst critics. So, you know, it's kind of nice to see people progress too, see where they started and where they ended up. Well, part of it is too, it's very different when you have a conversation with an expert as opposed to it's just you talking, which is like the first few episodes. It was just me talking about something and it's a lot harder. I mean, it's not a conversation, right? Because you're not talking with anybody. Um, so certainly that that plays into it 
as well. Um, how about, I know I, I hate the term hacks. Everybody wants a hack. What's the latest silver bullet to not have to do any work and get it done quickly? And, um, but, but there certainly are ways to do things quicker. I mean, even, I think you did this probably. I don't, I, I think you did. I just looked at the invite earlier. But like, we don't even play the telephone game of scheduling a recording. I send you a calendar link. Those are the times if you really, truly can't find anything in the next month, you, you can email back and say, like, I had a guy from Singapore the other day, and the times on there are not very convenient for Singapore. And he said, can we do, like, 6 o'clock one day? I opened a couple days at that time, and he booked the time. But it used to be we would spend more time scheduling the 30-minute call than to actually do the 30-minute call. Yes, I think there are definitely a lot of shortcuts. And I am an anti-meeting person, right? If we can solve it quickly over an email, let's do it. There are people who love to jump on meetings, and that is such a time suck. So part of it with entrepreneurship or anything in general is really kind of streamlining your time, your tasks, and eventually get to a point where you can outsource those things that you don't like to do, right? We want to do the things that we enjoy, and that's what we'll be more good at. But if there are smaller things that we can outsource or we can automate, I'm all for it. And, you know, it's interesting because lately I've been getting some sales pitches on LinkedIn and all of them have said, hey, let's jump on a call next week for 30 minutes. And I think that's sort of just a strange approach because most of us don't really want to jump on a call for someone <laughs> to sell something to us. So it's just interesting. I guess it depends on your approach and your personality. But I'm with you. The more we can streamline, the better. And that's really important, especially if you have a side hustle, a business, a family, whatever else you're trying to balance. Well, and, and they do that, of course, because the, the small, so first of all, they're automated, right? So I've seen those tricks. People put like a beer glass in front of their first name. So now when it says, hello, beer glass, um, then they know it's automated, right? Yeah. Um, but so what they do is they send it to a bunch of people and then a small percentage books a meeting. And then, right, right the further you push them, it's super annoying. I agree. Um, but I, uh, that's why people do it. Um, when you start a new business, so it's always like when I wrote my book, and I'm sure you do the same with yours, Shirley, is like the writing is the easy part, right? Now you got to market it. Now you got to talk about it. You got to get in front of people. Um, how much time do people, when they start a business, like focus on the actual business part, like whatever they're selling versus the marketing, like whether that's, you know, digital marketing or or network marketing, or whatever it might be. What What is that mix early on? So it, it depends on your business and what you're doing. You definitely have to make selling and getting into a selling mindset a priority and getting those sales. So, and this can be more difficult for women, particularly because they don't like the idea of selling. They think they're going to bug or annoy someone, but you definitely have to focus on those things that will bring clients to you. But I do agree you also have to be out there marketing yourself. You have to be talking, making appearances, and working on your brand. And the more you network and collaborate and work with other people and get your name out there and your information, the more likely you'll be top of mind. So you're kind of doing future work, future sales, future collaborations, while at the same time, you also have to try to get those more immediate sales and those more immediate clients. So it is a fine balance for sure. Do they have an exact number? I'm not sure. But you, you can work it out for yourself based on trial and error. Yeah, sure. absolutely. But, but you certainly need to get in front of people and make sure they know what you're doing. And I do have an article. Uh, we might embed this podcast with that article, actually, on 
why entrepreneurs need to tell better stories. And I always, sometimes I speak with entrepreneurs in person. Of course, today we don't really do that anymore because uh, we're all stuck in our homes, thanks COVID. <laughs> um, but, you know, I would say, well, what do you do? What's the company? And they would say, oh, it's so hard to explain. And I would say, well, if you can't explain it, why would I be interested, right? Um, so make sure that you can tell that story uh, in a succinct way. On an entrepreneur sh- um, an elevator pitch as an entrepreneur is so vital. You need to be able to spit that information out quickly, talk about what you're doing so that you don't lose those opportunities. When pe- someone asks you, they just might lose interest right away. So you've got to be ready when the moment arises, definitely. You've you got to be ready. So I'm sure you've embedded uh, some of these 10 mindset shifts that women need to take uh, to take action, unleash creativity and achieve financial success. Um, give us a few more. What what are some the, the top ones to get started? And then people can get the book. Um, you can get the book over yeah. on. Uh, let me pull up again. Yeah, on your other dot com and on Amazon. It's available for pre order on Amazon, and it'll be out in February. And I wouldn't hate it if you picked up the book. Let's just say that. Uh, some others are as we talked about. Many of them we hit on, but branding and building presence. Right, very important for entrepreneurs. Getting yourself out there. And social media, I talk a lot about different options on social media, networking, working with influencers. I've made so many connections on social media and so many collaborations. It's just we have so much more access to people today than we did in the past. And that's great. I talk a bit about leadership, being resilient, which, of course, we know right now during the pandemic has been huge. We've seen people have to completely change their business models, and we've seen people launch new businesses due to changing customer needs. So a lot of different many aspects of becoming an entrepreneur. Obviously, organizing your time is big for women, particularly because we often have a heavier load when it comes to families, comes to balancing. So that's important to women. But just getting going is the big thing and really knowing your customers, identifying that target market, and then working on all the different aspects to continue to innovate, continue to just bounce back from failure time and time again, and to keep learning, as you mentioned, Christoph. That's another big one. So really, so much about becoming an entrepreneur is just the way you think, the way you react to situations, the way you deal with failure, rejection, and the way you're able to build rapport and pitch yourself and your business and just collaborate and network with others. I think networking is huge for women. And how, how about in the current times? I mean, how do you network? What are your tips when it comes to networking? I mean, it's it's I get invited to these Zoom network events and I'm like... I've been on enough Zoom calls today. I don't need another. And plus, you know, now I got to bring my own drink. <laughs> you know, I mean, how do you yeah. how do you network today? So it's interesting. I before the pandemic, I would go to a lot of conferences and that kind of thing. And I was lucky to meet like minded entrepreneurs like myself. And we have a mastermind group that we meet once a month and we kind of talk to each other about our goals, our businesses, what we're working on, what we can help each other with. And I find that that is really helpful. So I would encourage people to get in a small group of like-minded people and we can network on social media. I've met a lot of great people that way on social media. We've kind of formed unofficial groups. You can reach out to other people. There are so many great groups on LinkedIn. 
They are they are also on Facebook, and we can enjoy we can also join organizations and go to virtual webinars. Although, like you said, Christoph, we might be getting a little burnt out with that. But there is still a lot we can do, you know, virtually, just not as often as nice as meeting in person. But that'll come back eventually. And the other thing is to share your stories on social media, share your expertise, share what's going on, share your successes. And and I don't remember, Charlene, where we connected, but we did not know each other until I invited you on the show. And <laughs> yeah. it, it, I don't remember what network it was. I think it was LinkedIn, but you set LinkedIn, right? Yes. Yeah. So here's the thing. Uh, I always get pitches for people to come on the show. And the chance to come on the show, if you send me a pitch, are relatively small. And here's the reason why. Not because I'm cocky or anything like that, but there's currently 26 episodes that are completely done. They're completely produced. They're just waiting to publish, one a day. Then there's another 25 interviews that are on the schedule, on the calendar. Like, we're talking. We agreed to talk. There's one more live stream today. So think about it. If somebody sends me a generic pitch, I, you know, they wouldn't bubble to the top of my list. But then somebody like Charlene, who is just talking about what she talks about on LinkedIn, and I go, well, that's kind of interesting. I haven't talked about that on the show. I should invite her on the show, right? That's great. Yeah, I think the more, you, like you said, people become interested in you. They read about you. They hear your story. If it's something they haven't heard, it's great. And, I, and I've definitely met a lot of people on LinkedIn and I've reached out to people and I agree if you're pitching you don't want this generic pitch right you want to talk about what's different and how you connect like how do I connect with Christoph what's what makes me someone that admires you and wants to be on your show or, or vice versa so I think it's that give and take and just I'm always big on building rapport with people and getting to know people because I really like people I enjoy helping people I enjoy talking to people and I think that is just really should be the basis of what we're all doing and putting out there. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, starting a podcast, that's another way to network as well. Um, this yeah. is probably one of the few interactions I have uh, each day talking to other adults. Uh, my kids are at home quarantining. Um, so, you know, there you go. They're not positive or anything, but still feels a little bit like I'm the, the homeschool teacher here. <laughs> Um, Definitely. So many people are dealing. My daughter is actually one of them is in school and one of them is home and mm -hmm. she's upstairs. And so I have to warn her before I'm jumping on a podcast or anything. OK, be quiet for a little bit. I'm live now. So I know what you're going through. <laughs> I, I do the same thing. And then the other trick, uh, if you're watching on the live stream, you can see my setup. So the door into my office is back there and there's actually steps they have to come down. So it's a really long way for them to ever make it onto camera. And this right <laughs> here is actually, see, I'm 6'4". This is pretty high. So I yeah. don't even know if my, my, uh, my six-year-old would be on screen, even if she goes right there. Maybe she That's would. Um, kind of shiver away. <laughs> right. But it's uh, definitely set up. Well, fantastic. The book comes out in February. People can pre-order it already um, on your other.com and on Amazon. The Amazon link is also in the show notes if you guys want to check that out. Um, Charlene, it was great to have you on the show. Thanks for sharing your insights. And hopefully, 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 hopefully um, people will take it to heart and be more entrepreneurial. Definitely, Christoph. It's been great. And with so many women leaving the work, workforce right now, I think this is a great time for them to consider entrepreneurship because they've been more impacted by the pandemic. I think I read a stat that 826,000 women left the workforce in September versus only, I think it's 216,000 men. So 
this is a great time to become an entrepreneur if it's something you're thinking about. And Christoph, thank you so much for putting on this great podcast and having me on today. And thank you, everyone, for listening. It's been wonderful. You bet. Appreciate it. Thanks, everyone, for listening and watching on the live stream. Until next time.